Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Right, we start tonight looking at the latest tax filing season. SARS Commissioner Edward Kisweta recently provided an update on the 2020 income tax season. Now, SARS had to readjust the filing system in response to the COVID-19 pandemic with a focus on a safety of SARS employees and taxpayers. It's important to note that SARS is following a system of voluntary compliance. So what exactly does that mean? To help us with this, Zuelo Dumo Maboza, founder and director of Priority Tax Solutions, joins me now. Thank you very much for your time, Zuelo Dumo. Thank you very much to you and your listeners. Good afternoon or good evening. Thanks. It looks like SARS is really trusting everyone to be honest and file their taxes on time. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I think what they, they talk about is what they refer to as auto-assessment. Yes. So essentially what they say, they say that they are going to use the information that they have at their disposal to make um, an estimate of what your tax liability should be as a taxpayer. And then once that has been done, they are going to actually send an assessment to notify the taxpayers to say that we think that the tax that you should be paying is so much and then they are going to actually leave it up to you to say, you know what, maybe I need to challenge this because I think that maybe I should be paying less tax or you think that you should be paying more. In which case, then you need mm-hmm. to tell them and say, you know what, actually you've understated my tax liability. I think that I should be paying more, you know. And I think the reason for that is because you remember what, what was happening in the other years. Taxpayers could easily walk in and get assisted by by staff officials to complete their tax returns, although some were in many cases were using e-filing, but those who could not use e-filing, it was acceptable for them to just go in and 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 um, and get someone to assist them to complete their tax returns, as long as they had all the information, the uh, RP5s, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so if you've got that information, but because this year. I think they are also trying to manage the the, uh, the number of people that are coming face to face to their offices. So they decided to come up with this idea of auto assessment. Okay, so t- take me through that. How will that work, and when does that actually start? Well, we uh, that my understanding is that it's going to start now this month in August, mm-hmm. but we don't have the details in terms of how it is going to work, other than the the fact that what we know is that. If, for example, let's say you are, you, you are working for KFM, and then for the period up until the end of February, they would have prepared the RP5s. The information on RP5s that they give to you, it's also with SARS, by the way. So SARS would use the information like that to say, historically, you did not have any other income. You were only filing the, 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 the income that is coming from your employer. Mm-hmm. So using that as a history, then what they would do, they would actually say that we, we believe that your assessment is so much. Just using the information that is on IRP5. But remember, the, the taxation in actual fact, although it's happening now, the calculation of the actual tax liability, the tax liability you would have already paid it because it's deducted on a monthly basis from yes. the 1st of March last year up until the end of February this year. So my understanding is that 
you know, with all the technology that they have employed at SARS um, and all uh, and the fact that it's linked up to the, you know, to the banks and to the employers, that all of this information is already sent through to SARS and this is how they will complete the auto assessment. Yes, but for example, they won't know if, let's say, you have um, a, a flat that you're renting out. The rental mm-hmm. income that you earn there is supposed to be declared, okay? They may not know about that because they don't know whether you had a tenant this year or you did not have a tenant. Even if you had a tenant, they don't know for how many months did you have a tenant. They don't know if you've increased your rental. They don't know the levies that you may have paid. They don't know the interest that you may have paid on the low, on the liability that you've raised on the bond, you know? So all of that information, that's why, that's why it's necessary to also look at that and say, you know what, perhaps, and you could even be in a position where you've made a loss because maybe you do not have a tenant or you had a tenant, but a delinquent tenant, which is going to be much more relevant for 2021 because the lockdown falls into 2021 where people have really, really struggled where tenants are not paying them, you know. Yeah. That information so, is very, very important. So, Zwilladumo, tell me, uh, the e-filing system has been in place for many years. Uh, it's just it, there was also the option of people going into SARS, into a branch um, and speaking to somebody and, and, you know, submitting all of their documents manually. Now, I'm trying to understand what has changed. Are they just asking everyone to stick to the e-filing system, fill all your details, as you were saying, you know, the rental incomes, any interest, anything you need to declare all of that on your e-filing system and submit that and then the assessment will be done on SARS side? Now, you won't do anything on e-filing if you are not using e-filing before. And you're not, because remember, before you get onto e-filing, you have to register on Mm e-filing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you are in a position then to do e file. Now, if you take someone who stays somewhere, say, um, in Northern Wazulunatal, for example, yeah. they have to drive all the way to Durban to access the office uh, at SARS. Mm. Yes. So um, it becomes relevant if they are using the information that they already have. Okay. Um, because some of those may be uh, employees that are already employed by the state in any event. So um, if they've actually synchronized their system, it should be easier to pull that information to say, okay, fine, this is the information that we understand that you've provided to your employer. The only challenge that you may have is, I don't know if they actually may have the information around the medical credit. Um, for example, if you are contributing to your, to your medical aid, Mm-hmm. There are credits that you should be getting. So in other words, what, what happens is that your liability that you owe to SARS will be reduced by those credits. So I'm not sure if the information like that would have been taken into account. So it is very, very important when you receive that information, the, 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 the automatic assessment, to look at what has been included as income there. And you also look at what you have and what has been deducted there. If, for example, the... Um, the medical scheme credits have not been deducted, then it would be necessary for you to approach SARS to say, you know what, you've overstated mm-hmm. the amount that I owe to you because you did not, de- uh, did not deduct the medical aid scheme credits. I've paid so much for medical aid and I am, I've got so many dependents, therefore I qualify to get so much as a credit. Okay. 
Then they will do the calculations and then they look at the mm-hmm. either, either reduce your liability and then which may result into a refund. But if you are still in a liability position, but the liability will be lesser. So it is very important to say that SAS now is going to be doing the check calculation for you. So you need to audit that information and make sure that you are comfortable mm. with that. Okay, if we use that example, if you're in KZN and you need to get to Durban to actually file. Now, SARS doesn't want you to actually come in because of social uh, distancing and it's just the safety aspect of it. And you are not registered on e-filing. How will you get all of this information that we're talking about to SARS? In that particular case, Mm -hmm. I think the starting point is to make a call, to call them, okay? Okay. Because on the assessment, they usually put the, the, the contact details as well. And then when you call them, then you'll mm-hmm. tell them that I've got this information. And then between you as a taxpayer and the tax authorities, you can arrange whether that information will be faxed, whether that information will be emailed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll have a way in which they can get that information. Um, the worst that can happen is if they say, now you must go into a, a formal objection. Because it means they're going to be bombarded with objections. I hope they are not going mm-hmm. to ask for that. Because sometimes you find that when you call the call center at SARS, their standard reply is that no, you must, you must go into an objection, you know. Yeah. That process is not an easy process, in particular for someone who's not a, a text fundi to, yeah. to do an objection on e-filing. So um, I hope that they are going to listen and understand that ideally under normal circumstances, a person would have completed the text return the way they wanted to complete that text return with the information that they would have had. Now, if they are going to impose the, the, something else, um, it is going to be a burden now to the taxpayer. So hopefully it will be a situation where you can pick up the phone and you talk to them. Afropolitans, if you've just joined us, my uh, guest uh, this evening is Dumo Maboza. is the founder and director of Priority Tax Solutions. And we're talking about the latest tax filing season, the 2020 tax filing season. Zuelodumo, um so we've got the 1st of August. So August has opened up for um, tax filing. We've also got um, the 1st of September. So do, how long do we have from the 1st of August to file taxes and what is the 1st of September? Is that for um, a different taxpayer? What we have here, my understanding is that uh, from 1st of August, that's where you, you're going to you, you're going to have this automatic e-filing. Okay? The auto assessments, uh, yes? Yes, um, but you may receive a communication prior to August indicating that you will not be automatically assessed. Mm-hmm. And then in that case, then you'll have to be, you'll have to file the tax return. They have got different dates. I think from 1st of September to the 16th of November, then it's for people who are going to be doing online e-filing, mm-hmm. okay, um, on SARS. So then the, it's going to start, the, it's going to open from 1st of September until the 16th of November. And then from 1st of September until the 22nd of October, then you're mm-hmm. going to have those um, taxpayers who cannot file electronically, that is, who cannot do e-filing, okay? But they need to make an appointment with the branch in that case. So what they try to do is to stagger this in such a way that they also limit people who will be visiting the offices. Then you've got people that are referred to as provisional taxpayers who are also doing e-filing. 
then those people think they've got uh, more time. They can file between 1st of September until the 29th of January next year. You know, so as you say, if you, if you remember in Animal Farm, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, by, by the way, remember, if you are a provisional taxpayer, you've got more work to do. So, mm-hmm. that is why they actually give you more time. As a provisional taxpayer, you have to do your tax assessments twice in the year, right? No, what happens is that you you have to estimate how much is going to be a total uh, total income for the whole year, okay? Mm-hmm. And then after six months, that is by the end of August, if my calculations are right, yeah, by the end of August. So what you do, you, you actually do an estimate to say, okay, fine, I need to do my first provisional return. You use your estimate of how much your total liability is going to be, and then you say that let me calculate half of that, and then let me go and pay first. Mm. Then by the end of February now, you do a second calculation. You pay, you make your second payment. So um, if you've got those payments and those estimates right, by the time you file the tax return, you may either have overpaid or underpaid. But ideally, uh, you should not have a big difference between the amount that you should have paid and the amount that you've paid. Okay? So... um, then if you are not a provisional taxpayer, for example, you earn a salary and you don't have any other income from other sources, then in that case, again, you, have your, you pay tax every month. So the provisional taxpayers, they pay tax twice per month, so twice per year, which is the first provisional and the second provisional. Then those who are employees, they pay what is known as pay as you earn, which is deducted every month. So mm-hmm. by the time you file a tax return, you have paid your taxes every month. In fact, your employer, they pay that tax on your behalf to the to, to the tax authorities. Previously, when I was in, on, on this show, I was mm-hmm. I got a call from some of the some some people were saying that uh, it seems like my I suspect that my employer did not pay the money across to staff. Mm-hmm. You should be fine as long as you have an RP five, and it will be a problem b- between the employer. And um, and they, and SARS, if they've not paid that amount across, where it becomes a challenge is if they do not even give you the the RP five, the employer. But it, it is of course their responsibility to make sure that they get the RP fives to all of their employees. Yes, yes. In terms so, of the fourth schedule, they have that responsibility. Each and every employer. In fact, if you don't, let's say for example, you are a contractor or um, you're a freelancer, but you've agreed that they must deduct a certain amount from you, then they should give you, um, I think, some ITT forms, mm-hmm. which actually is a proof that money has been deducted from you and it has been paid across to SARS. So even if it's not an RP5. Okay, so these are important things to note. If SARS doesn't get in contact with you, get in contact with them. Um, to find out what's happening with your auto assessment. And then also, if you're not receiving your RRP5 by now, then you should also contact the employer or whoever you did work for to make sure that you have some sort of documentation in order to um, to complete your tax uh, your taxes um, for this season. The other question I want you to know, now that we are on we've been on lockdown for uh, a few months now, and many people have actually turned, you know, maybe 
parts of their house into offices and are working from there. Can that be a tax deduction? Can they write off that tax for having to use their house as, as, a, as a home office now? You know, I am tempted to say maybe you should pack that question for next year, but I will answer oh. it, you know, because the reason why I'm saying that it will only be relevant next year. Remember, we had lockdown. Next year for the next filing season, because now we're yeah. doing it for 2019. Okay. Now we're doing it for 2019, 2020. Okay. So that will be relevant when you do your 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. But the, a short answer there is that. If you've got a demarcated area in your house that you use as your office, then mm-hmm. some expenses you, you qualify to claim them. But I just need to warn taxpayers when they do that. To say that once you, you use your primary residence for work purposes and you go and you claim certain uh, expenses as a deduction, if in future you decide to sell that house, which is your primary resident, yeah. you could be in trouble because in the eighth schedule, which deals with the disposal of primary resident, you've got instances where you don't pay capital gains tax when you say mm. you sell, sell your primary resident. But if that primary residence was once used for the purpose of trade, then you do not qualify for some of those exemptions. So what I would suggest is that if you do that, you must please consult with your tax advisor to say, look, I am actually planning to claim these expenses on the basis that I've actually converted part of my whatever, my study room to uh, to something else. It is basically my office. I've got Wi-Fi, I've got this, you know, you can claim mm-hmm. Wi-Fi separately, but once you want to claim other expenses, for example, if you're still, you're still paying a bond, now you want to apportion part of the interest. Yeah. Um, to and make that to be a business deduction, then you you could have a problem now to say in future when you ultimately sell that property, an argument could be made that it is not it, it does not qualify as a permanent resident, okay, or it does is, qualify as a permanent yeah. resident, but it don't qualify for the for some of the benefits which were for example where a certain amount is not taxed for capital mm. gains tax purposes. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I think that's very important to actually get some advice, but also to prepare for next year. Remember what you've done this year during this lockdown. Uh, you know, we, we we still have some time in the lockdown. And also to um, save all your expenses, save your receipts and things, if you want to claim that in next year's, um, in, in next year's tax. Yes, yes. Documentation yeah. is also critical. Eh? Very that important. That is very, very yeah. important. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this evening and thanks for all the explanations. Zuladumo Maboza, founder and director of Priority Tax Solutions. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.